For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Oh, we got a good one this week. This is Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, Shane Told. Now, let me tell you, this one is a long time coming. I got the requests. I heard your cries. And now, finally, Mr. Jeremy McKinnon of A Data Remember is here, finally, on the podcast. I have known Jeremy for a very long time. We've toured a lot together. He is somewhat of a private person, but highly intelligent, so talented, and being able to pick his brain was such a treat. So sit back. You're going to love this episode. It is super honest. He talks about a lot of things I haven't heard him talk about before. So get ready. Before we get into it, in just a couple minutes, I want to remind you all, you can email me. I read all my email. I try to get back to everyone as well. Leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. If this is your first time listening, and it might be, well, welcome. And remember, we have like 270-something episodes you might like. So go back, check them out, tell a friend, tell a loved one you listened to this and you really enjoyed it. Help keep spreading the word. And if you really want to help out the show, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for even more content, merchandise, interaction with me, interaction with other fans of the show. We have an unbelievably great community. My sinners, what's up? I love you guys. Thank you for all the love. Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. You can find out all about it. For as little as $6 a month, it gets you in, and it's awesome. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. Also, we've been taking this thing on to Twitch. I've been doing podcasts multiple times a week. Tuesdays at 3 o'clock has been my time, but head over to twitch.tv slash Told. Give me a follow because there's so much great content on there as well, not just on the audio side, also on the video side, and of course, I'm on there writing music with chat, playing songs, hanging out, having a good time, eating pickles, you know, all the things I like to do. So head over there again, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. 
Also, a quick shout out to some of our great sponsors. Be sure to check them out. Rockabilia.com for all your band merch needs. Coinbase.com for your cryptocurrency needs. And Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Stuff is so good. If you're into hot sauce, check out all those awesome companies. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? I think we're ready. Let's get into it. And my conversation with Jeremy McKinnon of A Day to Remember. Jeremy, dude, thank you for doing this, man. I've I've been trying to get you on the show for like five years, so I'm, I'm glad it's finally happening. Five years? Holy hell, I didn't even know about that. Isn't it crazy I've been doing it that long? Like, it, uh, it sounds nuts when it comes out of my mouth. That is, that's amazing, man. Yeah. So, con- congrats. And I still hear about this podcast all the time, so that's amazing. Yeah, I know, the, the amount of emails and stuff that I get and, and about, like, why hasn't Jeremy been on yet? I'm like, I'm trying, dude. He's, he's a busy man. He's got lots going on. But I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that, you've, uh, that you're here now. So much to talk about. Um, and I, I have so much to pick your brain about, quite honestly, dude. So this is, uh, this is a treat. Awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, man. So uh, first of all, I guess, you know, we've been going through a pretty crazy last, is it 15, 16 months now? Yeah, something like that. It feels like forever. Right? I feel like for you, maybe it's good or maybe it's bad or maybe it's both just because Data Remember's been going so hard for so long and now finally here's a break, maybe for the first time in your career? Very much so. It was, it was that as well as everything else. So that's kind of been my perspective about it too. You know, for every, for every bad thing that it caused, and there's plenty (laughs) for me to talk about (laughs) on that side of the fence. But what I keep coming back to is how appreciative I am that I got to spend the entirety of my first daughter's being three with her. Right. and, And, and just every day running around outside and like just playing with her every day for hours. Uh, so just, just to have that time to, to bond with her trumps for me, anything that happened, because at the end of the day, my family is okay. Thankfully, thankfully we, we had the band and everything it's done for us up until this point to coast us through this difficult time. A lot of people don't have something like that. So I I am appreciative that I even had the opportunity to have the time at home. You know, a lot of people had to, had to do like double time to fill that void. So, uh, I don't know. I've for every negative thing, I always come back to that extreme positive. It's like, I would have been gone for half that year, you know? So, and you don't get it back. So I, I'm, I'm think I'm in a weird way. I'm thankful for it. Yeah, me too, man. And you know, obviously, we've toured together in the past, and you know how hard my band goes too. So it's the same thing. It's literally the first break we've had in 17 years. And wow, it's just crazy though, because a part of it for me, I felt like I had to do it. Like I had to kind of always be okay. When's the next tour? When's the next thing? Like go, go, go. It was almost like a fear that people were going to forget about about us or something like that. And now that I've had this time at home, like, and I want to ask you the question, like, is it going to be harder to leave? Like, is it going to be harder to leave your family now and be away when you remember it was kind of sweet for a while being able to, to spend that time? It was really tough for me before it, um, yeah. writing, starting to write our current album. You're welcome. You know, there was, there was this moment where I'm getting on a plane and it was like the worst mm. I'd ever felt getting on a plane and even my wife, she dropped me off. She was like, man, like I talked to her when I got to LA and she was like, you, I had never seen you that upset before. And I was, it, it, it was something I couldn't control. Yeah. It was something I didn't anticipate. And then, um, you know, I was also doing something that felt very foreign to me, which was go out and what's it going to be like if I sit in a room with a guy who writes a different style of music than me? Am I going to, am I a good enough musician to carry this 
um, session with this person that I don't know, you know, right. I, this, I'd never done something like that before. So it was very much like a stressful time for me. And then on top of it, it more than anything, it was just leaving the wife and the kid, um, who I'm extremely attached to for the first time. And then I get on the flight, funny story. <laughs> I, uh, I get on the flight and I look through the movies and <laughs> for whatever reason, Coco jumped out at me and I had never seen Coco. I'd seen it. I'd seen it like little bits of it here and there. Didn't even really know what it was about. Uh, watch it ends up being about a musician. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any spoilers here, but Oh my God, it hit me like a ton of bricks and I was weeping next to a grown man <laughs> well, they, on the flight well, they three say, times in this movie. Yeah. Well, they say that happens when you watch movies on airplanes. For some reason it can affect you emotionally harder i don't know the science behind it but there's something about that too it's happened to me where the movie i watched one time on a plane uh was definitely maybe with uh what's his name the canadian guy good looking guy uh, ryan reynolds um yeah. and and i saw that movie and it was like it like broke me dude i think we were coming back from europe or something and and i was like oh my god this is the like this this movie crushed me and then i watched it later and i was like why I, this is a movie's not that crazy i told everyone i knew i was like oh if you want to watch a, like a banging like heavy movie watch this and i was totally wrong it was just my mental state everybody's giving you the side eye like sure sure Shane. <laughs> exactly exactly this this one however hit me hard because you know i was struggling with the family thing yeah. and that's exactly what it's about as a touring yeah. musician and, and like you know later in life being and it just is i don't know if you've seen it but no, holy hell yeah the worst movie for me to possibly watch or maybe the best right uh at that moment where i was struggling with leaving my family so when the day that you do watch coco for the first time if you do <laughs> keep in mind that i watched that on that day and <laughs> and try to imagine because holy hell it hit me man like well, a fucking haymaker i'll i'll be sure if i do watch it i won't watch it like the day before i have to leave or 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 on any planes that's great advice no Thank you never for that. <laughs> never never if you're if you're missing your family never <laughs> well you talk about co-writing you know um doing this foreign for you thing where you're in you know working with these people that are supposed to be oh my god these guys they are these amazing songwriters and they worked with all these people and they've done all this amazing you know writing before but you know it's kind of funny to hear you say that because you know you've produced records with other bands uh you know lots of other bands some really great stuff um i i I just assumed that you'd done co-writing with other people before. So I'm surprised that you have so, that, that, that feeling going into it. So I had never worked with people outside of my world before oh, okay. is the, is the difference. So I, I've worked with, you know, bands that I love or, you know, my friends in, in the band or a friend in another band, you know, I've done collaboration like that very much like people that I know people that were, you know, we respect each other it's not weird. I know these people. This is the first time um, I got in a room with strangers yeah. who have, who, who don't typically work on what I work on. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect, you know, it, but me, I want to get into the songwriting side of things more and more. Cause that's really where my passion lies. Yeah. So it was something I, I wanted to do. I, I needed to do it and to take that chance to go out there and, and see if this is something that I could do beyond, you know, just being a metalcore pop punk guy, you know, like, can I sit in and, and be a part of songs that are outside of my genre and not have them suck. <laughs> so it was very much, it was very much, you know, laying myself out there. Maybe I'm going to get there and these people think everything I do is dog shit, you know, like who knows, but I'm not going to know until I get out there and I attempt it. So, and honestly, man, yeah. like, First day I was out there, really fucking rough. I had a really, really rough day, my first day. And then day two, we wrote everything we need. Okay. So yeah. it, it ended up it ended up being just the chorus of what that song ended up being. But it was I walked away from it being like, I'm proud of what we did today. For sure. And For I love sure. I loved this guy that I that I wrote this with. Um, yeah, that's John Dullion, right? Not not yet. Oh, it's okay. a guy named Nick Long. 
Okay. So Nick Long was my day two out there, and he's a fantastic musician, writer, um, and just great, man. Like his, his sense of melody and, and, and just his writing just completely uh, meshed with mine in the right way. And uh, from that day forward, I think, I think day two, I wrote three songs with Andrew Goldstein, and, and two of them were like still to this day. Both of the ones I wrote with Andrew didn't make the album. Um, cause maybe they went a little bit too far in, in like a, a direction that we didn't feel like made sense right now. Sure. Um, but both of those songs were something that I look back on as some of my favorites that I did. And that was day three. So, and that was, that was a big deal. Cause Andrew was a part of some really cool stuff and he, me and him just loved each other. Day one, he wrote, he reached out to my A&R guy and was like, yo, this dude's the real deal. And like Sweet. my A&R guy to come to me and tell me that that just boosted my confidence on, on a level that made me feel confident to walk into a room. Like, okay, I do deserve to be here. I can, I can hang with these guys. So it just opened the door to this like creative experience that I'd never had before. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, I'll forever look back on this album and the creation of it as the most inspiring time of my musical career thus far. So wow. I, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't wow. be happier with, with the way everything went, honestly. Well, this record took such a journey, uh, I feel. You know, I mean, it was talked about, what, like, not 2019, I think you were talking about it being released, and there was maybe even Jesus. a release date planned, and then, of course, there were singles. Um uh, you know, a bunch of singles like Resentment, etc., came out. You know, around that period of time, and a lot of your fans were like, "Where's the record?" So, wh yeah. what exactly happened there? Were you still like this songwriting journey you went on going out to LA? That happened after those songs came out. Were you trying to no, kind no, of no, fine tune no. it, or this all happened before? Let's let me take a look here. Let me <laughs> let me just be let me let me be accurate here. Sure, I've got it right. I can I can pull this up. And okay, tell you. I love it. I love it. The first date, the first uh, or precise, okay, album seven. That's insane to even fucking think about. <laughs> <laughs> our next one's um, our next one's album ten. Jesus so. <laughs> Christ! <laughs> I know, I know. I love I love that new song I heard by the way with oh, that thanks, really man. cool music video, man. Thank Congrats you. Congrats on everything. Thank you that's so much. Awesome. So yeah, three years ago. Um, was the first, let's see, the first one to dr be dropped in here was Resentment three years ago. Yeah. So I, I don't know exact month without like going further into it, but it was, it was, it was well in the works uh, by the time I got on, on the plane. So I, I guess an important part to the story for those who don't follow us and everything that's happened, um, you know, this record was written very much like every album other than the garage band ones, which I'm going to call for those who have part. <laughs> Uh, and bad vibrations. We purposefully did bad vibrations the same way we did for those who have heart, which is just get into a room, yep. just us five, write a record, whatever it is on the spot is the record. Um, very much not the way I work best, um, <laughs> being, being forced to finish something on the spot. I'm more the guy that like sits with it. This part's gotta be as good as the part here yep. until I feel like the whole song is special. Um, so that was different for me. Uh, but this record was very much put together like all the other ones, you know, there were songs we did together. There was songs where I would bring them myself and we would finish them in the studio. Yep. There'd be, you know, this idea was Neil's idea. This idea was Alex's idea. This one was Kevin's. And, uh, and then there was songs where I'd sit in a room with, uh, like Will Putney and, and write a track or I wrote a few with Colin, the guy who ended up producing our record yeah. Colin Britton. Yeah. And, and I like to do those like collaboration style songs, um, to fill out an album. Cause to me, like, I feel like when, when the same person is putting together the majority of the material, I feel like it can get a little stale near the, near the end of the album. So I like to have a song where I'll go and I'll sit with somebody that I'm super inspired by. Um, and in the past that was like, I'll reference Cody from wage war. Yeah. Um, Cody Quistad, Absolutely. uh, he came in and, and was riffing around 
with us, and that ended up being uh, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail on common courtesy. Yeah. Uh, and and it, so it feels like a day to remember, but it feels different from the rest of the songs on the album in a special way. And to me, um, I think those are important to make your record something that you want to listen to all the way through and not just listen to the singles where you got it right. And then these at the end of the record are the ones that are worse versions of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. my thought process with it. Um, so it, it was very much put together in the same way. But like I said, um, the people that we got into the room with for the first time weren't solely people based on our world for the first time, which was really fucking cool for me. For personally. sure. For sure. Well, you have, you have such an interesting mix of fans now because you know, you're, yeah. You have fans that are so deeply rooted in hardcore and punk that have been with you forever, you know, since the, since your first record or since Homesick or whatever, and they love, you know, love you guys and they're watching your every move. And then you have a lot of people that have heard you on the radio or you know, heard you from a friend and they don't know anything about where we come from or anything like that and they don't really care. Is that difficult now when you're trying to sort of please everyone and and maybe in the end you you sort of please no one like it's a very hard line to walk (laughs) i love that you said you please no one because god jane that has been like my life since (laughs) 2009 uh you know just like you put out an album and you get like it, it it really has been this for us uh 50 50 almost almost completely since 2009 when we started shaking the boat a little right, bit, right? You know, it was like half of the people that are commenting absolutely despise this, and then the other half are like, "This is bad fucking ass." And right. everybody who likes it, you know, this is something that I think is a positive thing. Everyone that likes it cites a different song, which I sure. think is one of the best signals that you could have flirted around and done something really cool. Because people love different things. And that's like almost across the board for the people that are positive about it. But yeah, so to get back on subject, Mm -hmm. we have been living that very much so since 2009. And you're, you're 100% accurate in that assessment. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I I really like everything that you guys do, but they're even, you know, me being like, and I want to talk to you about the first time I saw your band play uh, in a second. Oh my God, dude. (laughs) But you know, I, I like get that though, because I, I, I'm like, Oh, I, I like, I love the breakdowns. I love the heavy shit. I love when you guys play fast. You know, I love that. And then I, but then I hear everything you, everything you need. And I'm like, everything we need, sorry. And I'm like, this is just such a good relatable song for everyone that can be, it can be embraced in a bigger world. So why wouldn't you do that? You know? And that's, I just, I feel like to be in your shoes it's just an impossible task. It, it's tough because I tried to go into it with the same mindset um, that we had on Homesick, which was, um, for those who don't know, the record that really, really put us on the map and made us something that people paid attention to on any kind of scale. Yep. Um, and, and the mindset behind that was, let's take all of our influences and mesh them together in a way that we think is cool. That That, you know, we don't really care what you know all these other bands are doing you know we like songs that have real deal heavy tough guy hardcore band mosh parts not like not like tinny guitar (laughs) fast riffy bits that are that are like flirting with you know supposed to be a breakdown but no one's dancing to that you and you know what i mean by that (laughs) do you know what you mean he wanted to we wanted to play the big boy beat down parts put it in a song that sounded like uh mill and colin or rise against or no effects or something like that right or, or blink 182 sure and, and then do everything in between um beyond that uh we wanted we looked at like so how could we take the same kind of thought process and uh, attempt something like that today with what we're influenced by today what we like what we listen to but still keep it that same formula so like still have those songs that mix the heavy bits yeah and the poppy bits but then it's like let's do a, let's do a modern take of like for the songs that ended up on the record like let's do an acoustic song but you know it has like modern production that's everything we need yeah let's take i'm a big tom petty fan what does it sound like to to 
for me to write a Tom Petty praise song wrapped in modern production, and that's Fuck You Money. Right. Or FYM on the track listing. And then, you know, Resentment is, you know, on the heavier side of things, but still has, like, pop production in the verses. So it was very much like, kind of like what we did with Kelly Clarkson when we did that cover song back yeah, in the day. Yeah, um, that was That was very much a tester for saying, okay, this is what we're doing on our next record. Let's just take this pop song and and put heavy parts in it and see how, our, how the people who say they like our band uh, feel about it. And it seemed at the time like that was pretty well received yeah. from people. Um, and then Homesick came out and it did what it did. So we kind of looked at the Marshmallow collab yep. very much in the same way. This record is going to feel a lot like this, you know, mixing modern pop with rock elements in this way uh, and every one of them is different but like this is a tester and once again like it seemed like the majority of the fan base was pretty excited about the way that turned out and i think i think that song's even better when we play it live too so it was cool uh like i said one of the most inspiring times of my musical career so far so i'm extremely proud of it i love it I love it. No, thank I mean, it's, it's, it is interesting when you get in a, a situation where you're collaborating with someone that you don't really know. And the first, like, what's the first conversation? I, 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 whenever I've done it, it's always been like, okay, so um, how you feeling, man? Like, what do you want to write about? Like, what's the song, what's the song going to be about? And when you start on that level, like, okay, like, or it's either this is what it's about or, or this is like a riff I have or a part or whatever. I always think it's interesting when you, when you put that spin on it, when you're, when you're collaborating, because when you're in your own head, yeah. sometimes it's like, well, I'm writing about this, but then it meanders away from that. Do you ever find right. that, do you ever find that happens and, and it can lead to more focused like idea? Like, Hey, like a song, like fuck you money. Like this is about this. It's not about a number of things. It's not so vague anymore, you know? So yeah, I, I hear you. Um, and I definitely had some, some processes like that. I'll actually give you an example of one of my favorite songs on the record that was similar to what you're saying. Um, so for me, I feel like the majority of it was the first 30 minutes to an hour. You just sit down and you guys shoot the shit and, and you, you're getting to know each other essentially, you know, like cracking jokes, like talking about what's going on or right. like what you've been doing, like where you're at in your life, really getting to know each other, um, getting comfortable with each other. And then usually it would go into, okay, this is what we're going to do today. And I feel like this is an important part. I was told going into this process, don't work on any of my own material because I had a ton of stuff ready to go for, for our album that, you know, management was like, you know, you've got all this stuff. The majority of it, you know how you want it to be. You just need to get it produced with somebody. I wouldn't work on any of these songs. Don't, don't go sit down and, you know, give somebody 50% of oh, sure. a song that you've, you've written in your own time uh, just to finish it. Like I would just write on the spot with these people. Yeah. And I loved that advice because what we ended up with was like 40 something complete demos like that could have, you know, send it to mixing for the majority of it. And this is a finished track you could release. Wow. Um, but so for me, and this is what I like the most. So I had this session, um, with Mike green, yeah. um, yeah. And I didn't know much about Mike Green other than he recorded and produced a lot of punk albums that I loved. Like he did Set Your Goals. He did a Pierce the Veil record. Yeah. He over, did Over It was was one record he did early on. Yeah, tons of bands. Ex exactly. Yeah. He did the first pair. He worked on the first Paramore record. Uh, like he did so, an all-time low record or two. Like so many records that I could reference as sounding and being fantastic. Sure. Um, critics in our in our world love the records that he works on so i was excited but i looked at him more as a more of a, a producer is what i was expecting so i thought this was going to be the time where i walk in and we track one of my ideas um so we sit down and he's like so you know we can work on one of your ideas um we could write something on the spot i've got a bunch of old tracks sitting around that have never gotten used or we could work on this little idea that I started messing around with this morning and he hits the space bar and it's the intro riff to mind reader. Wow. And I was like, Oh my God, we're working on this. That's incredible. And so immediately for me, and this is how 
my favorite stuff comes together, at least lately. This is my process. Um, I really just like to let the track speak to me. And this track specifically was one of those lightning in a bottle moments for me. This entire track wrote itself for me, lyrically, melodically, um, and musically, like between the two of us within two hours. Within, within two hours, I was in the booth tracking the vocals or so. Or maybe, let's be real, the time flew. Maybe it was three, maybe it was four. <laughs> but it was very, yeah. very fast. And yep. I was in the booth tracking the entire song. And those vocals ended up going on the record. It really was that fast. And the track awesome. didn't change much at all, other than adding a few production things after the fact to make it fit with the rest of the album. But, so I really like to let the track speak to me. So that was really my thing with this record. It's like, let me let me just live in this music right now because he's got it on loop up there. He's working on the track, putting it together. But he's got he's as he's working on it, you know, like I'm hearing huge amounts of this this song. I've got my acoustic guitar. Um, you know, I'm I'm playing the chord progression, trying to put stuff together, and I'm just really thinking about like what, what does this track make me feel? Like, what are the words right. that are coming to me right now in this moment? Like. What is the, what's the subject? Like it, and as, as I'm thinking about this, I get on to this like supernatural, like spooky, you know, tidbit of thought process for whatever reason, the song made me feel that, that theme or vibe. And I'm like, I'm Googling a word that it makes me think of. And that word led me to this. And I Google that word. <laughs> and eventually I land on mind reader and when i saw the word mind reader boom that was it and, and then and then the words just flowed it was, i wanted to start setting the tone in this really weird supernatural way and kind of throw people off the scent of what my song is actually about i was really inspired by uh country music um lyrically okay on, yeah always honestly for my whole life that's all my dad listened to growing up was 90s country he still only listens to country but the storytelling in it. And sure. I love how they'll, I love how they have these themes. You see a track and it's got a name and you think, you know what the song is and then you hear it and it's the complete opposite right. of what you anticipate, anticipate. Um, so for me, I wanted to throw them off the scent. So I'm naming all these like supernatural things. Some call it powers of the mind, been in thoughts through space and time, reading everyone like that old book you've read a thousand times. Yep. No one knows what the fuck I'm talking about at this point in the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so then you hit the chorus hits and then it's, you realize, Oh my God, he's just talking about an everyday argument with his wife. Right. Expecting, expecting him to read her mind, but I can't read your mind. Just tell me where you want to eat tonight. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> essentially, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care where we go to eat. Just tell me what you want. I don't know. Classic. Yep. So, yep. So, yeah. And, and I started to call it like uh, the husband, boyfriend, anthem of the world to friends. That's funny. But, but yeah. So, like, I like to just let the track speak to me and, and let the theme kind of create itself. And I look for that big word or that big thought and wrap my own life and story into it. So, when that, you're... that's really what i did <laughs> when you're writing stuff because you've written so much material now and you talk about google do you ever google things you're writing and just wonder if you've said them before so you're not using the same phrase has that ever happened to you uh if i've used the same phrase do i worry about that um, yeah or if you wonder like if you come up with something you're like wait is this familiar? Like you might, do you remember everything that you've written? Cause it happens to me all the time where I'm like, did I say that before? I'm just going to Google that okay. really quick. See if it comes up. You, that is hilarious. You Google your own stuff. Yeah. I, sometimes I'm like, have I said this, like use this expression before? Yeah. So I'll, so I'll that. Google it sometimes. Okay. Maybe I'm you alone on that on, one. You're on album 13. You said uh, album 10. I thought you said 13. 10 still that is many more albums than i have I under my belt currently i suppose so yeah. <laughs> i gotta tell you like i i wouldn't be surprised if i'm gonna have to eventually i actually make this joke all the time with friends it's like i'm gonna run out of common phrases because literally i use everything that i actually use in daily life like yeah. my friends like all the slang all the like you know idioms that i actually use in real life are in a song and are big parts of them so it's like 
I'm running out of phrases. And Alex <laughs> made that joke to me one time too. It's like, eventually I'm not going to be able to say anything without referencing one of our songs. Like how am yeah. I going to communicate in English to people eventually? Yeah. Dude, that's so, what I'm talking about. That's what, that's where I'm at now. It's, it's like, it, it gets harder and harder. <laughs> <laughs> shit oh, yeah i guess i'm gonna run out of idioms eventually yeah, <laughs> yeah well i've still got a few you'll be okay <laughs> so. i think i think you'll be okay so um i want to talk about the first time that we we played together and i saw your band it's a really funny oh, story no. you this was back in 2007 you guys are still on your first album and we brought you guys out victory kind of forced yeah. us to but we did like you guys but we got forced a little bit into it so I know how that goes. So I watched you guys play and it wasn't you singing. You were sick sleeping in the van yep. while your merch guy sang. So funny. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they did that two nights. That was the first one the time well, if I was asleep in the van, then that would have been I forget the name of the venue, but it had a stage that was super far off the ground and like it ramped down for the crowd to stand in. It was weird. It was like a loading zone yeah, or something. Yeah, it might have been. I want to say it was like somewhere in the Midwest, like Wisconsin or something like that. Dude, I will never forget the second night of that because all of the bands were standing side stage watching them. I, I remember I was standing in front of house because I was so excited to see my band for the first time without me singing. <laughs> so, so like to me, it was like, this is going to... I mean, incredible. I get to watch my own band play a show. What the, <laughs> who gets to do that? It's true. You know what I mean? Like this is, I was so excited. And then legitimately the first word or so of the song, I was just like, so for, for people who don't know, um, this, this dude who said he could fill in for me, he said he'd be fine. He'd fronted bands before. So we're like, yeah, great. Thank you. This is going to be fantastic. Um, I guess he didn't attempt to sing our songs before he got on stage, but oh, he no. goes to sing the first note of Fast Forward to 2012, which is what they opened with. And then he quickly realized he cannot sing in the key that I sang that song in. So he dropped it an entire octave and was like oh, low singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And immediately I'm like, oh my God, I'm thinking of my four friends that are up there immediately knowing how they felt. I got down. It wasn't fun anymore anymore <laughs> walked oh, side stage josh josh makes eye contact with me mid song he's like you've got to get up here you got to help us you got to do something <laughs> i'm like i i can't speak you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know what you want me to do but he was just panicked and i remember uh near the end of the song alex's snare drum stand breaks and he's holding the snare drum in between his legs. And I'm just like, I'm watching this train wreck happen. And I just watch the singer of From Autumn to Ashes just slowly turn and walk away. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. All of these people hate us and they think we're terrible. And I'm going to go and hide under the, the bus or the van. There's definitely not a bus at that point. You know, uh, no, nope. <laughs> but everybody, everybody was extremely kind to us. I remember... I remember the guys um, from Strike Anywhere were giving me tips on, you know, how to heal my voice quickly. And everybody was extremely kind. So yeah. we appreciate it. And th and for those listening, that was the first bigger tour we'd ever got in our entire career. So yeah. thank you once again. Well, yeah. And it was kind of cool because... Even by threat. Thank you. By, by a threat? Even if it was because of a threat. Oh, <laughs> threat. We still, we still appreciate the fact that you went through it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, you can thank Tony for something. If you can thank Tony for something, it's that. Uh, exactly. It's a short it list. It's a short list. Uh, no, it it's is. it's funny because that tour, we were headlining, and we brought out From On Into Ashes and Strike Anywhere. Those were both bands that gave us our first opportunities and we were repaying the favor really? to them. Yeah. So both of those tours happened in 2004. Uh, we, no one would really take us out before that. And uh, both from under ashes and strike anywhere in a row took us out. So then when we blew up after that, we said, Hey, you guys want to come out? And it's kind of cool because you guys did that exact same thing to us. You know, uh, a few years later when you did Tour Sick, your first real big tour, I want to say, and uh, you had us out, which was a really beautiful thing to do, you know, um, and, and I, I thank you for that. Still still one of our most cited tour lineups ever. Yeah. People loved us together like that, man. So 
they loved it when we went with you and when you guys went with us. So yeah. we should do something like that again. I would, oh, I would love, I would love to. And yeah, we're, we're sorry if we took some of the tour pranks a little too far. Uh, no way, dude. <laughs> we were, we, we like, I remember the one, cause, cause it, it got good. I don't know if you remember all of them when we brought it at the couch for Enter Shikari uh, on stage. Oh, that's right. Or when everybody was, I think August Burns Red had all these like rafts and floating devices for one of the songs. Mm -hmm. But then when Bill came out and pretend to be Sierra, uh, yeah, (laughs) I think we, we were like, Oh, maybe we went, took this a little far in your own hometown. No way. It was hilarious. (laughs) I loved it. Right on, right on dude. Well, you know, one thing that I think set you guys apart in those days was your use of your own personalities and humor and you know you guys doing those studio videos and all those like little things that you did that at the time bands were still kind of mysterious or trying to be and you guys were kind of like well fuck that like we're we want to be right there with our fans and that was really ahead of its time and i really think that that made a big difference for uh, helping you guys kind of get to that next level i totally agree Uh, it it was just content and you know trying to trying to take that into our live shows and really get people involved with things um it was just ways of interacting with the band that wasn't really happening and we did it out of more of a sense of well we think this would be fun you know it's like we don't want to do the serious uh studio update that every band does you know what i mean like Let's just do something stupid to make people laugh and like kind of mock doing that, like spinal tapish. You sure, know what I mean? Sure, like, of course. just to make people laugh. Maybe people like it, and and then, like you said, it ended up being like a funny thing. And we did that for as many albums as we could, uh, culminating in the end of it all, which was Common Courtesy, uh, which was quite the endeavor to make all that. We, uh, if you really <laughs> pay attention to that. We even had Andrew Wade and our videographer who's done a bunch of our videos that people know, Drew Russ. They went in and created like sound a soundtrack for this fake <laughs> TV show we made essentially. And like if you go listen to it, like they're real songs. They're all joke songs. But we actually just listened to it the other day in the studio with Andrew. It's so good. He <laughs> spent so much time making those songs absolutely amazing and it's like dude the 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 level that was or the care that was given to this project was insane uh it it did finally get to a point where it's like okay they're only getting a few hundred thousand views on these things this is cool (laughs) but this is way too much fucking work to be doing all this if it's not going to continue to grow so we kind of let that be but it was for its time it was it was pretty cool i think and i agree it really helped absolutely so uh, one of our we talked about a little bit but the fact that we were both on victory records for a long time uh you know that kind of is how we got together and how we met but you guys were able to get off the label uh you know using a series of i don't know tactics legally i don't know it was a crazy thing but you guys kind of came out on top for seemingly the first time now i don't know what you can talk about if there's any legal legal things and if you can't that's fine we can cut this right, no, out of the, right out of the episode. Okay, great. Um, then, you know, <laughs> I, I just wonder, you know, what led you to do that? Because so many bands had kind of tried and either lost or in, in like looking at like someone like Hawthorne Heights, they kind of ended up sort of ruining their, their uh, I don't want to say ruining their career, but definitely it, it kind of slowed down their momentum. Talk to me about that, what went through that and when it was finally done, how much relief you felt. So, man, I'll start with the relief. Honestly, we filmed the whole thing. So, and I still to this day haven't seen it. Um, but Drew, same guy, yeah. um, was there documenting, was with us in Chicago during the whole trial. And he filmed us and interviewed um, almost everybody, or at least one of us a day, to get our assessment of how the day went. Um, and it was like a week or two process. We got absolutely every breakdown every day of how it went and how we were feeling hmm. and the ups and downs of each individual day. Some days we felt like we were on top of the world. And then right there at the end, it, it felt it was a, it was a pretty dark time because uh, it's like, at least for us, we were we got to a place. Where it's like, why? Why is this 
this, you know, lawyer, his lawyer, he doesn't seem like he's doing a great job. Like he's putting his foot in his mouth all over the place <laughs> here. Like why, why does he have this job? You know, like even, even the judge was like, don't do this <laughs> on one thing. It was like, you do realize like, this is a terrible thing to do. And they did it anyway. Like weird, weird stuff. And wow. we were confused until he did his wrap up to the jury. And he spun our story in the most slimy, terrible way. Like someone could ever paint you out to be. And like, honestly, he did a fantastic job of it. And we went away from that feeling like, Oh my God, like, that's why he's the guy because he's amazing and making good people look bad. And so that weekend, man, like drew drew came to my room specifically and it was just me and Josh and we were talking about it. And dude, we were absolutely terrified, like out of our minds. Sure. Holy shit. Like as if this doesn't go our way, we're trapped. And he's already told us our career is over he's not gonna you know like he would threaten people all the time sure for those who don't know like his whole thing was like if you don't do what i say i'm gonna i'm gonna tank your album yeah i'm gonna put on a shelf i'm not gonna promote it i'm not gonna put these songs out to radio i'm not gonna spend any money on it but you have to put it out through my label and i'm gonna bury you and he threatened us using multiple different bands that he could cite um but it ended up going our way and i gotta tell you it was the most amazing special moment um well one of the most amazing moments of my my life wow we have this like we have this amazing photo on like a staircase of the whole legal team management and us all in our like court attire uh and somebody took a photo of us just like celebrating less than less than an hour after it happened just like getting a coffee together and it's just like this beautiful photo of everybody being so happy and um one of my most prized possessions I have from my entire time being a musician. I, uh, I talked to our manager, Mark, when we were going into it, I was like, Hey, I don't know if they do this anymore, but like, can we get a, uh, do they do like court sketches? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, yeah. that's, that's a great, that's a great idea. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they do that. And he reached out to somebody, um, in the court. And I think it was like, um, I forget, I forget what they're called right now. Stenographer is a stenographer. I don't know. Whoever copies down what everybody's saying. Yeah. I think that's right. The entire court reporter. Yeah. So have, yeah court sure. reporter, something like yeah. that. Um, so we asked her, it's like, do do they do this? So she's like, that's not really done anymore, but like some people still do it. I actually know a lady who's fantastic. She called her, she came in and, um, I was like, Hey Mark, when that's done, I need that. <laughs> it was my idea. Give me that. I love that. But, uh, but yeah, my prized possession I have is that court case and it's, and she did it while he was on the stand and she did it from behind all five of us. And it's just, it's beautiful, Whoa. dude. Uh, wow. It's going to, it's going to be the only thing I'm actually like, I'm, I'm building a house right now and it's going to be the number one, pretty much sole thing I keep in my office. <laughs> um, I'm so proud of it and please. By all means, ask me what the hell that is. Uh, how much time you got? <laughs> but uh, oh, but uh, to so answer good. your original question, yeah. what got it started um, was just, you know, I kind of brushed over it, but the threats, the threats of, um, you know, print, print your merch through me or right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to support you on this tour. I'm not going to do any ads for, for this, you know, cycle for the album i'm not going to push this song to radio if you don't do this for me and it was always like this like landslide uh, agreement where it's like he gets so much more than he's giving like it would be like take down your merch store so that so that i'll put (laughs) so i'll put your song to radio you know what i mean like that was what we're talking about the differences it's like you mean to tell me like we can't make money and it's not in our contract uh, that we can't have a merch store and that's what we have to do to get you to support us. Like you said, you were going to support us before we signed this BS agreement. So there were things like that. And then on top of it, we had never been paid a dime. And once homesick started to do what it, it had, it did. Um, you know, we got into the, what separates me from you cycle and yep. still hadn't seen a dime And management was like, look, you know, we have plenty of, uh, we have plenty of examples of 
you know, things not working out for people that attempted to do this because he's a bully and he tries to ruin people's careers for, uh, for not doing exactly what he wants you to do by force. Um, but we're not doing our job if we don't come to you and say, he's, he's not being honest with you. There's a lot of money. He hasn't paid you. Um, yeah. And we're not doing our job if we don't, um, press him on that. So we did, we did everything in our power to, uh, it's actually it's the beginning of the song the document speaks or no the ending the ending of the document speaks for itself on common courtesy is uh is actually i voice memoed sending the email that i'm referencing right now um i put together an email of all these questions about our finances about our uh records and everything that he had never answered or reported to us on there's there's at least like 10 questions like sure in order in order for us to continue this working relationship in a healthy way you have to answer these questions um for real and part of it was like you know we need you to give us the back-end numbers on all of your sales for this stuff merchandise and albums uh you know like that was one of the questions what have we done what what are the numbers why haven't we been paid at all? We haven't been paid $1. Um, and, you know, he obviously responded terribly and didn't answer anything. But uh, me sending that email and that, like, airplane noise taking off is the ending of uh, The Document Speaks for Itself, which is also the track title. That is the number one thing his lawyer said. The entire, entire court case was, well, your honor, the document speaks for itself. So it just made sense to name that song that that was right. about that. And uh, there you go. just a, a, a little bit of tidbit about the song itself. Everybody always asks me what the four words are that I'm referencing in the chorus. And it is, or three words, no fucking respect, which is an email that Tony sent to us all the time. <laughs> Anytime. I don't know if he did that specifically to you. But oh, that yeah, was his dude. favorite phrase to say when we did something that he didn't like. He would just always write back, no fucking respect. And sometimes he would send it when we were just being kind. Like Josh would be writing him a, a positive update about how we played Tulsa, Oklahoma tonight. And we right. sold a thousand t-shirts and sold 500 records. And everybody sang along. We're really excited. Yeah. Hope that you guys are too. Hope hope you and, and the team are doing well. And he'd write back, no fucking respect. Yeah. So that's, people wouldn't know that, but like well, that's... that's what it was well i i believe you 100 because we have a song from our uh, album rescue which is the first one when we got off victory and the song's called good luck with your lives which is the last thing he <laughs> the last thing he ever emailed us um, wow so we we use that and i think the end of the song i say a bunch of things um yeah here it is i say unfaithful no loyalty, no respect, no passion, because those are things he said about us too. So they're all yep. all lifted directly from the the uh, series of the the final emails when we told them we weren't going to resign with the label, which we had to kind of like we had to kind of play play along for a little while because we didn't want our last record to get completely shelved. You know, we heard about that. Um, yeah, yeah, and and like yeah, it was it was tough because we we made. We made a really good album. We made a much better album than our third album. And it was like, okay, this is this could be the return to form. But since it was the last record with them and they once they found out we weren't going to resign, you know, and I get it. Even just from a business standpoint, why would they invest more money? But yeah, that that whole song is about that for us too. So yeah, man. That's, it's, a, it's all the same. Like it, it seems like that's just the way he talked to everybody. That was his yeah. way of trying to manipulate people yep. into to doing what he did you know, being a bully. Well, so. I, big thank you for doing that though, because I think that that probably ended up leading to his selling the company. And now, it you know, it's, it's under uh Concord and, and uh, they're amazing to work with. And now we're doing, yeah, everybody's we just did getting a, reported to. Yeah, exactly. We're getting paid. We just did a awesome remaster, you know, 180 gram vinyl, which we got to pick all the shit for. Uh, we just put that out through them. So it's like, it's amazing. We're able to do the things that we really should have always been able to do. So it's yeah. great. That that makes me so happy to hear. We had yeah, we had man. a few we had a few bands reach out to us when it happened that said similar things and it was just what a cool thing cuz I got to tell you, like I said, it was at times m- most times it was absolutely terrifying because like I said, if it hadn't went that way, 
that would have been it because <laughs> with how public we made everything oh yeah there's just no way there's no way we would have ever been able to do anything ever again musically so wow. it's just it, it we we rolled the dice and yeah. it worked out well you took I, it- I remember like we were trying we were trying to settle with him we like we told him we didn't want to leave we didn't want to sue him we told him a million times it's like if you just work with us and come to an agreement that's fair for both parties and we'll respect yours. It's like mm. you say that this album, Common Courtesy, should be yours. We'll give you this album and you don't even have to report to us. You can keep all the money and you can say that that is your payout for all of this. Right. But we're free to go. And he said no. He would have owned that album and never had to pay us a dollar for it and everything that we had done with them just to be out of the contract. Wow. And he said no. Wow. And he had to sell his company because of the outcome of his decisions. Well, pretty awesome. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> pretty awesome. And it's one day when we put all that together, because like I said, the whole thing was on video. And dude, I I, I, I want to get I want to get our lawyer's um, closing statement reenacted and like drawn because holy shit, Shane, like the 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 team that our managers put together for us. I'll never not be grateful for it. His name was Jay Bowen. And the speech he gave at the end, closing that, was the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed. It was like I was watching like a few good men. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Like it, it, it was like this amazing. I couldn't have I couldn't have wrote it better myself. Honestly, it's it was like a movie. Like in oh. a well, a well-written one. I'm. We're gonna get it reenacted one day. Cause wow! Holy shit, dude! It was well, just perfect. It sounded like you needed it, right? With what the other, the other lawyer said too. You know, they're both compelling. I mean, they're fucking lawyers. They're he smart. Did. You know, he did his first though. Yeah, so exactly. He did his first, and we were like on top of the world. Like, dude, he just two hand dunked on top of him, and then Maloney got up uh. there, and we were like. Holy shit. That is believable. Oh my God. Like I feel uncomfortable right now. Like this, like these people could believe this. Like, wow. Wow. Man. But can you imagine, can you imagine if Tony just treated his bands reasonably fairly? Think about that to his face. Like, like there were so many depositions. Me and Josh were there for every deposition. That was actually part of the strategy since, Okay, I'm, I wanted to say something. I'm going to reel myself back here a little bit. Okay. Not okay. going to say anything negative about anybody. What's done is done. But part of the process was, you know, bullies are bullies for a reason. They don't actually like being checked. So we made a point. Every time Tony was deposed, no matter where we were in the world, me and Josh got on a flight and we sat across from him while they were asking those questions and looked him in the face. Wow. Every single time. Every single time. And there were multiple days where we asked him, hey, let's go in another room and hash this out. We don't want to take you to court. We just want something that feels fair. We appreciate everything that you've done for us up until this point, but you are you're holding this vague contract above our heads and saying that it means anything you want it to mean when it's not there. So let's figure out something that works for you that you feel good about or at least okay with, and we'll do the same. We'll both give, and he just wouldn't do it. But it was, it was uh, quite the experience. Wow. No, Terrifying four years, though, honestly. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting out, and, and thank you for taking that chance for, for all the former Victory Bands uh, as well. That is... That is crazy, man. Well, damn, dude. Thanks for doing this. Um, what else? What what have we missed? What else should we talk about? I know we've we've only almost been talking for an hour, so I don't want to take yeah, up too much more of your time. But I mean, you know, the new record is out now. You're welcome for people to check it out. Uh, I guess you guys are getting back to some shows. I saw a couple festivals in September. Uh, any more plans? Uh, people can be uh, looking couple, out for. A couple festivals. When is this coming up? When uh, are you putting this up? Uh, probably in two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Okay, so I would assume we have a tour announced by then. Okay, I, I'm still not going to say it because they haven't announced <laughs> the bands, but okay. we will be announcing a, a tour for this year um, very soon. It's with a band from our world nice. that people love. They loved us both coming up, and we've never actually done a tour with them. So um, we're pretty excited about it. And we think that 
older fans are going to be happy with that as well. Fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to get back to get back to work and start playing these songs live. I'm excited because honestly, I, I don't think we've ever sounded better playing these. Awesome. And, and I don't want to jump ahead too much because your welcome is so new, but it sounds like you've got a lot of songs in the can. Have you started thinking about LP seven? Is it going to be, uh, that, I think this one was technically seven. Okay. Eight. And then, then the next one will be eight. Um, so, uh, we're always thinking about it and you know, there's a million songs lying around. Uh, I, I, I'm writing as much as I can. Um, which hasn't been as frequent as I'd like to just sure. because of the last year and having a, uh, my, our second kid this, this last month. Um, but yes, we're always thinking about it and, uh, hopefully we can put out stuff sooner than later, but we'll see. All right. Did we, did we cover it all? What else? Nothing else? I, I think so, man. Check out your welcome. There's a yeah. little bit of something for everybody. Come check us out on the road here in the next few months. And, uh, yeah, we got to check out the new Silverstein stuff, which is also awesome. And we need to play some shows together. Yeah, so. we're, we're ready, man. We'll, uh, I'm waiting by the phone. Just let me know. We'll be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds <laughs> Jeremy, good. Jeremy, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to play a track from, the, from your welcome. You got a favorite, maybe a deep cut, something uh, for the people right now? Shit, man. It's a, it's a long uh, record, 14 tracks. So there's lots to pick. It's, it's a lo- lots to choose from. Since I talked about it so much, just play Mind Reader. I love that track. Always will. Awesome. All right, Mind Reader. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Jeremy, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm happy to do it. Some common powers of the mind. Bending thoughts through space and time. Written everyone like that. A book you've read a thousand times. Heard about it when I was young. So there it is with Jeremy and new music from A Day to Remember, Mind Reader. Cool story behind that track as well. Their new record, You're Welcome, is out now. Check it out. And I want to personally thank you. That's right. You right there listening to this, taking time out of your day to learn about music, to hear some stories, to have some fun with me. 
Thank you so much, whether it's your first time listening to this or whether you've listened to all 200 and whatever episodes it is. It means a lot. If you like the show, please tell a friend, tell a loved one, or go on iTunes, write a review, preferably five stars. That all helps. Check out the All Access Club. Follow us on Twitch. All that good stuff. I want to thank everybody on Jeremy's team for making it happen. And I want to thank Jeremy himself for taking the time out of his obviously very busy life to shoot the shit with me a little bit. Next week, I will be back with an all-new podcast episode. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss anything. Check out every Friday my conversation with Mike Howell where we break down the top five new releases that you need to know about. This isn't just a top five generic. This is curated, baby, with all the good shit, all right? So check that out as well, The New Noise, and thanks again. Anyway, peace and love, and I'll see you next week.